Hello and welcome to the States of Matter, a podcast from the Institute of Refrigeration's Women in RACHP Network. I'm Karen Perry and here to co-host is our network chair, Lisa Jane Cook. This episode, continuing our theme discussing subjects of interest for our industry's women, we welcome our first ever international guest, Colleen Keyworth. Based in Michigan, Colleen is a board member and current president of Women in HVACR and also president of the International Women in Cooling. Um, welcome, Colleen. Hello. Um, I guess firstly, really, yeah, tell us from yourself a little bit more about you and, and what you do for the industry's women internationally. Hi. <laughs> no, it's kind of complicated, but, you know, it, it's been a long journey. Um, I actually grew up in contracting here in Michigan, so my family owns a contracting business. My husband's a technician and plumber, and now he's a distributor. And my father is a contractor, my uncle is a plumber, and we have two businesses out of the two of them. So one's the contracting business and one's the marketing company for contractors. So I currently, my actual paid job is a marketer. So I am the sales and marketing director for our company, Online Access, and I handle all the marketing and the strategy for contractors all over the US and Canada. So we have about 600 some odd customers that we deal with on a daily basis. And through that, I immediately got in involved when I joined the industry back up again in Women HVACR. And that was a huge, um, uh, honestly, the huge success story behind my career. Honestly, that was what propelled me probably to meet as many people as I have, to do as many things as I've done, to get involved as one I've gotten involved in, because it really was the fast track networking and just learning about how much bigger the industry is on a national level than just localized. And I think as a contractor, usually we try to stay in our own bubbles and we're very local. But then you realize when I get to the marketing company, it's a huge, huge industry. And so being involved in women, um, that was the last nine years of my life. So I was last year's president and this year's immediate past president. And so I would do my retirement at the end of this year for women in HVACR. It's been almost a decade of my life and a labor of love for sure. And since we started with the women HVACR stuff, um, we got recognized by the UNEP and the World Refrigeration Day Secretariat as one of the largest groups for women in this industry in the world, which we still don't believe. Um, but it's crazy to kind of put that all together. But when we think about it, Women HVCR is a 20-year-old organization, and we've grown over the last couple of years. And it was kind of, um, it was humbling to kind of get that perspective and then being invited to join NWIC, the International Network for Women in Cooling. So we dove into that about two years ago now. Um, we actually ignored the emails from Inwick the first couple of times or from the UNEP because we thought it was spam. Uh, so <laughs> it was kind of crazy how that went down. Um, we actually, I met with um, Steve Gill and a couple other um, people um, at the AHR Winter Conference in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. And that's where, or the Ashbury Winter Conference in Vegas. And that's where it kind of kicked off and kind of get started. And here we are today with Inwick as an officially kicked off group with about, I think, 14 partners. And we have uh, a lot uh, going on for us this week. We're launching a website. We're you know, getting our social media together. We have lots of interest to be involved in other different events that are going on too. And um, as of last December, I was voted in as president. So it's been kind of a whirlwind, um, but that's kind of in a nutshell what's kind of going on. I know that was probably you'll a lot. Your, you'll get your retirement <laughs> from retirement one. from one and then straight into <laughs> yeah. the next one so pretty yeah. much yeah. yeah I suppose you're going in with your eyes open now that you kind of know the, 
I've been through all stages. I've been through the very beginning stages where you're scratching and begging and like, you know, everybody's using their own resources to get everything going to the point where you can sustain yourself. And now you're big enough to like support, not just the board, but its members. And so I I'm happy to lend a lot of that expertise going into Inuit because we're going to be in those beginning stages. Um, One of the cool things that Inuit has right now that we never had as far as even just starting out is like, we just have the option of paid staff. We have uh, Rosie who's, like our admin and that's even having that like women HBCR is just getting a paid admin right now so it's nuts um the the comparisons and then learning just culturally the differences between uh, different organizations worldwide and mm-hmm. seeing learn from each other so it's been kind of a neat experience overall I think that is one of the things that's really special about it is the fact that we've got the opportunity to learn from each other and we've all got very different experiences yeah. um for us in the UK, we, um, again, brought together by Steve Gill, but we've been going since, was it 2015, Karen? So it's a while now. And we are learning from each other. But actually, when we start to share those experiences internationally, there's so much more we can do to accelerate our progress. I think that is what's really exciting about Inwick. It's crazy to think on a world scale that, like, everybody has it different, though, because now you have to throw in things like culture, and you throw in just the idea of women filling these roles, whether it's engineering or field technician or even just being involved in the industry in general. Overall, I think we have an optics problem when it comes to women in the trades. But when you take culture into effect in some of these other countries, it's a whole other obstacle that I may get kind of crazy on, on where we are in the States and be like, oh, we have so far a long way to go. But then in reality, you know, it's nothing compared to where other countries are at. And even with my work I've done in Mexico and stuff, it's a completely different world. For, for us, I'd have to say professionally, women make up 20% of the HVAC industry, like being like manufacturing, wholesale, distribution, like, you know, um, or the RACHP industry. I've had to learn to say that. And so that's kind of a, a different thing. But like in the technician and field and engineering level, it's somewhere around 3%. So there's still a big disparity there. And so comparing that to other countries, it's even less than those numbers. Long way to go, but we have so much that we can do working together rather than apart, which is kind of a cool opportunity that this gives us. Yeah, I think that's key. And actually those figures sort of sound fairly similar to us. I think we've probably got a few more women working in in the back office roles here. So probably more than 20%, but actually, and on the tools and sort of technical, we are sitting probably between two and four. So similar, but we know from the the research that the IIR did that you know there are other countries even you know around us that are doing so much better than we are and it's it's having that opportunity to find out what it is that they're doing differently so I mean you talk about your family being in the trade already so I'm guessing that you have more than one role model that sort of propelled you towards it well uh, first and foremost my father um he He's the contracting in the States. He holds the contracting license for our, our business. And my uncle holds the plumbing. So both brothers took the business and split 50, 50. My grandpa gave it to both of them and split it down the middle. As a kid growing up, we did a lot of projects and sorting copper and working on the side. And I'm sure all the child labor stuff that you're not supposed to do as, as grandkids in a family business. But um, I, so I did learn a lot then. And I was like, I don't want to be involved in this at all. I had no interest. And I actually, worked for the contracting company for a little bit uh, at college and I did emergency dispatch for a hot second and I got fired as a punk kid, rightly so. 
And I went off and did my own thing. My dad had always been um, bugging me saying that I'd be great at sales or great at, you know, doing public speaking and stuff like that. And I was like, eh, not a big deal. And so it took going to another conference and doing something with another friend that somebody was like, yeah, you'd be really good at this. And for me to call my dad, uh, I think it was years later and just be like, all right, is that still available? Is it still an option? You think I want to try this? And so I joined the marketing side of the business in 2013 and then joined Women HVACR, honestly, in 2015, um, right after that. And my dad has been probably the biggest support of the entire process. I mean, as far as not just what we do for our business for the marketing company, but anything we do for women. So we've supported the women's site and like my, my company has done the website and, and helped like from day one, even before I joined, my dad was doing the Women HVACR website before I even was in the industry. So he's always been a strong supporter. And then anything I've done on top of that, he's been a big cheerleader. He, before I even joined, like in the early nineties and stuff, he was doing a lot of the public speaking and, and being a thought leader and doing a lot of the contractor groups and stuff. So it was really nice to kind of come into the industry and be like, oh, you're Dave's daughter. And then it didn't take very long for that to swap completely on its head. And so with, within two, probably three years, oh, you're Colleen's dad. And so that's kind of how that went going forward. But he's he's very proud, and it's a, it's kind of neat that I get to share that with him. So I get the biggest piece of my dad and my siblings do because we work together. I really like that. That's a lovely story, really lovely. And it's it's funny that initially you weren't that interested, but actually when you you sort of got to the point where you thought actually maybe I can do this, you've you've literally just thrown yourself in it to be where you are now from joining in 2013 is incredible. So like, it's been crazy. I've learned quite a bit. And I, even as a person, like you just, so even being in 2015, I would have been about 26, 27 years old. And I, I don't count that back. I don't even know if I have that right, but around that time. <laughs> and, and I was just like, you know, learning as far as the business professional level, doing conferences, how to even dress, how to, you know, work a room, like all of that, like people think that it's an assumed skill, but there's actually some skill to that. And there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's even etiquette, there's protocol, there's how to host a business there. And I had like the best mentor. So besides my father being my biggest cheerleader in my life, I actually had a mentor that brought me through that, that I met on the women's board. So when I joined Women HVACR, I had saw these ladies at a conference in Nashville and with my dad, I was working a booth with him for the trade show. And they, these ladies had these great sparkly lanyards. I know I I'm, I'm a sucker for, for bling, but they had these sparkling lanyards and I was like, I really want a sparkling lanyard. And so I talked to them and I learned what the organization was about. And I met my now mentor, uh, Patty Ellingson. She was the president at the time or the immediate past. And so immediately we just clicked and she was like, you know what? I see something in you and we're going to, we're going to do this. And so she, um, anything that she had going on, she brought me with her, any, any availability, like we, everything from, and this is the whole board that we kind of do this with. Like if we're going to a show, oh, we need to swap hotel rooms or, Hey, do you have something that I forgot? And that, that sounds silly, but that's part of the network that, that really makes it easier to do our jobs is that we always have family, if you will, on the road. But then um, things like, okay, I got to pass to this party. I'm going to introduce you to these people. And you all, never walk alone into a room. And you're always meeting 10 times more people together than you are alone. And that does wonders for your business for a connection that you didn't have before. Now you have now. And now that enabled me to make a partnership for my own company. And now you get credibility because of the people you're hanging with. And in addition to that, you're learning all the time. Like I was learning, um, honestly, how the supply chain works. 
I was learning uh, different things about the different types of equipment and what different reps did and everything like that. So that was the speed course of stuff that I feel like a lot of people take for granted is even the terminology, how the workflow works, who you're, who you're talking to, what the food chain is in the industry, all of that stuff. And I got that at a breakneck pace because of the women I was working with. And I had a board of like all tigers. Now, the downside to working to an all women board <laughs> is of course that we are all, all tigers. None of us got there by accident. And so that was the other learning curve for me. Um, very much so is that learning how to do professional email and email chains and responses and things that, you know, everybody takes a little bit like, yes, it's business, but of course, you know, when you're women, you tend to take things a little more personally. And so learning how to navigate that, how to work in a board structure, um, you know, it was a lot to learn and I definitely was not good at it at first. And it's been a while to be very, a lot more diplomatic, a lot more patient, um, you know, and so bringing all that with you. And also like when we started meeting in person, and that's my, my goal with Inwick eventually is that, is that things became a lot easier when we as a board were able to do a lot more personal touch points um, just because you had more equity in each other. And you didn't have this mistrust either. You didn't have this innate, like, I don't know who you are. So you're not really real to me. Like, it's just something that comes across my desk. There's a lot more invested in it. And so that changed the way we did work. That changed the amount of focus and momentum that we had because people had equity in each other and there was relationships and there was a lot more forgiveness in like short things like emails where people are always assuming the worst. Those are things that, that I've just innately learned um, doing what I do. Another thing that we try to battle quite a bit and I don't know if this is the same in the UK or anything, but we learned that women's groups have a lot of amazing things that they can do for a women's career, of course. But the other side of it is women sometimes can be each other's worst enemy. And we are very competitive. And it's one of those things where a lot of the time people don't realize that they're doing it or even women don't realize they're doing it, but we're so, we're so busy comparing ourselves all the time. It's like a psychological thing. Think about how you're using LinkedIn. Think about how you're using Facebook even and how a woman goes through Facebook and how a man goes through Facebook are two different conversations in their head, whether it be like trying to support another woman or looking at what they're doing and saying, oh, I should be doing that too. Like it's crazy if you actually break that down. And so actually having an active mindset of supporting one another is actually not something that's innate to most women. Now, I'm not trying to bash on any of our sex, but it is a learned skill because one of the craziest things I learned is most promotions in our industry actually happen from other men, from men who are reaching and, and actually promoting women, not other women. And so it's actually an active mindset for us as women who have been promoted to reach back down and pull up other women. And it doesn't happen because sometimes we're so competitive. Now that's not the rule. That's just a case that happens way too many times. And so even if we're able to correct that behavior or even make people cognitively aware of that, that's something that I feel like that's another thing that's important for women's groups is to be able to even just coach that or just make an awareness or self-awareness of what our shortcomings are. So no, there's a lot of minefields that I think having a group like this or even having a group like Inwick can help not just with resources, but like also some of the soft skills that we need or even just having that network to fall back on. I think that's really important and shared experience you talked about there is that walking into a room together is you're so much more powerful, confident. Certainly as our network, you become friends as well as what we do together. And but also that it is supporting each other. And it's sometimes you might not think yourself competitive, but you might not recognize 
someone else isn't as confident as you and it's certainly being aware of it is great and the more people that you can get thinking that everyone's opportunity isn't the same um is so important as well and I think we we certainly try to as you say pull others up and mentor others and and motivate but sometimes it takes meeting face to face with people to be able to do that as well absolutely and it's hard in a virtual world zoom's made things better like yeah. it's a little easier like I feel like if I saw Lisa somewhere I'd be able to recognize her and be like oh my gosh like in in general though it's not the same um so it's we started doing and I'm not sure we're there yet but maybe this sounds weird but like we were meeting as a board for over 18, 19 years, um, just virtually or just by phone call. So the first couple of years was just phone call, like a group phone call, you mm-hmm. know, those before we had Zoom. And then it was Zoom. And then it was like maybe the occasional mm-hmm. meetings that we had or conferences, of course, but we were working up to that. But our planning for everything we did required so much more time than just the hour a month that we were giving it sometimes or the couple hours the committees were meeting. So we started at the beginning of the year doing a retreat and the retreat's pretty labor intensive. We're wrong. We have fun too, but we'd lock ourselves in a house for a weekend, like an Airbnb or something like that. And we had an entire agenda that we'd work through. So we'd look for a large living room. We'd use a whiteboard. We'd have all our laptops on our lap. We have like an agenda and some of those writing pads and stuff. And we just go crazy. So we go through all the different, what we should do, what we could do, what we will do. Um, we kind of have brainstorming sessions. We talk about what our budget's going to be. So, but then we also eat meals together. We bake together. We like, you know, we get to go out and have drinks together or, or whatever. And that of course builds relationships and you learn. We also do very heavy personality testing. That was a big thing too, is like different people have different styles and knowing how to respect that style makes it a lot easier. So you're not assuming that everybody's like you or works like you. Mm-hmm. We've actually um, been talking about a weekend away, haven't we, Karen, but not, yeah. not to work. <laughs> We just thought we'd rent somewhere and just have a pajama party. <laughs> hey, and, and nothing wrong with that. That's for sure. Especially after all the work and time it takes to put run all this stuff. I think people don't realize it's almost a full-time job in itself. Um, you know, and especially the Inwick stuff is going to be like a full-time job. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, there's a lot of hours that go into this. And until we're able to get a budget together and stuff, it's going to be a lot of resources and everybody's time. And that's the greatest um, commodity that we're going to have to demand of people, but it's going to be so worth it in the end. So yeah, well, uh, we'll see how that goes, but I'm looking forward. So personally, I get to attend two events this year overseas. So um, I'll be in Milan for the, for the con- uh, conference there. And then for Paris for the Congress for the IIR in August. So those are two different places I'll be speaking for Inlink, which is kind of cool. But it's kind of crazy. Most of the stuff I've done so far as president for Inlink is a lot of video meetings, a lot of video keynotes. So it's really cool to be invited to places like Denmark and Ireland and Australia and be like, okay, cool, and Africa, and then be like, I have to record a Zoom keynote and be there in spirit. (laughs) It's bittersweet bittersweet um it's kind of impossible to be everywhere to everything of course so but the the messages have gotten really good at being able to look at a screen and, and deliver an important mm-hmm. message because a lot of these are groups that are just starting their own group like 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 just little network things or even small groups of women in different parts of the world who are just starting their own women's group in their in their organization and it's just being able to bring a message of encouragement talking about some stories giving some best practices um, a lot of it's just encouragement though. And so far that's been kind of a fun part of the job is I've done about four or five of those. I have one coming up in Africa at the end of the month that I'll probably do a live cast for. So, yeah. 
What would be something that you've learned through your work with women in HVACR that you would like to see other groups adopt as well through the international? Is there something that's really your your main passion or kind of top priority? The event, a summit, absolutely. I think um, we, I got to witness through the nine years I've been involved, the evolution of the group pretty, I mean, I wasn't there from the very beginning, but I was there for like the, honestly, the, the, the catalyst time, I guess, that really kind of changed things. And a lot of it, if I had to give my biggest advice and the biggest vision for what I have right now, just based on my experience and what I've seen for other groups too, because I've worked with a lot, I could talk group governance all day long. But one of the biggest things was uh, when I joined Women HVACR in 2015, it was about hundred members. We had about roughly shy of $10,000 we were working with, and that was sponsored funds. We had uh, 12 board members and we had one event every year that we that we piggybacked on another event with. And so we had about 40 women we'd see at that event and we'd do like a speaker, but we'd really just like the conference would pay for itself. We charged about a couple hundred bucks and, you know, it would just be in and out. And that was it. There wasn't really much to it, but we would be begging for sponsorship at everything that we attached to. We did a show, if we had a party, if we did something, we would be having to reach out to sponsors and be like, hey, we sponsor this. Well, like immediately I saw that this was not a sustainable model and there was things that we needed to do. And one of the biggest things in Inwix, that's why my big question with Inwix too, is the, the marketing. We needed to have a brand. We needed to have a story. We needed to be recognizable because so much of both organizations, we're not, we don't have like a physical address. We are so much online that people make their initial um, reactions to, or even finding us or their discovery of us online. And so having active social media with a clear brand that looked like it was updated from like current times to having a website that looks like people are actually on there and there's pictures. My biggest motto to my group was if there wasn't a picture, it didn't happen. And so we started to be able to document everything that was going on that we were possibly associated with and bringing it into the site and making sure that our calendar of events were updated, making sure we were doing emails, everything that was a lot of time, but it didn't cost us money. But it was enough that sponsors started recognizing us as the authority of women in our industry. And so when you did any search for women in HVAC or women in the USA or anything like that in the HVAC industry, we were number one every time, still are. Because not only with the history, but we had the authority because we had all of the pictures. We were constantly showing our brand. It was consistent. We looked professional. We looked like the established organization. We looked huge. Even if we were still growing at that time, 200, 300 members at a time to today where we're over a thousand members right now. And yet our conference now, we split up three years after I joined, we decided we were big enough to stand alone. And that was like the biggest decision ever. It was under one of our presidents, Julie Decker, who was like, I don't think we need to be piggybacking anymore. I think we can go alone. And that was a turning point for our organization. And I would love to see Inwick eventually be able to do its own summit to have women's groups everywhere. And I to kind of join at a summit somewhere, maybe once a year, maybe every other year. But for now, I think that we're at the stage where Inwick's going to be piggybacking off of another event. And that's fine. That's a growth step. That's a, we're going to establish something where we, we pull on somebody else's audience to make it easier for people to travel. We're using other people's food and beverage and room rates so that, you know, we can get a group discount. Like those are things that you do when you're growing and you don't have the funds to support it. And then you start building a following. But when you're able to put those physical touch points to it, that makes a big deal. Funding is going to be a big deal. We'll have to figure that out eventually because you can't sustain without funding. And so, but the branding and the marketing, that's going to be a big deal besides funding for members. 
because for people all over the world to find us and take us seriously, it's going to require some consistency and for us to look like we know what we're talking about and having all those resources handy and to have an active, an active web presence even just because people will go to a site and if it hasn't been updated in months at a time, you're already irrelevant at that point. So there's so much that goes into that, that a lot of it's time at first, like I'm going to be calling on our partners. The biggest thing right now I need from our partners is that we need pictures, we need press releases, we need events, anything that they have existing that they're already doing with their groups that Inuit can help support, that Inuit can participate in, that we can help promote stuff that we can start bringing awareness to all these other groups, but also be able to build the relevancy of Inuit being that platform to share that on. So yeah, there is a lot to do. That would be my initial experience with that is it starts with just honestly becoming the brand, becoming the source. And then the rest of it kind of follows after that, because then you have memberships that take you seriously. You have sponsors that take you seriously. You have opportunities at other events that take you seriously because they know you're something to be reckoned with. And it does start with a little bit more time and effort, but it's not undoable and it's not unaffordable. What are your kind of initial plans now? Obviously the branding that you've kind of said there, but with the international network as well is is to get that brand and what plans do you have kind of for the year ahead? Well, we had a, a secretary call yesterday, um, but like we were just kind of doing some planning initially of just like some long-term stuff too. And right now the website launch, which should be on Monday next week, and we'll be sending the board members tomorrow a kit to kind of, you know, put that all together to kind of get promoted that the, um, the forum on there is a big deal to us having members in there. Uh, so much of our support with our partner organizations really depends on the participation we're getting on the site with our programs like our mentorship program and our forum. And our forum is free at the moment. You just join as a member and you put your name in and stuff and you're able to, to start conversing with other people in the industry from different areas. Um, that's gonna be a big push right now is the website and the forum initially, but also our social pages, our branding, being able to put our name out there, eventually getting maybe some marketing materials, uh, something small like business cards or flyers or something to have at events or to have our partners have at their events. And I think with uh, what's coming up in Milan and what's coming in Paris, and I think we'll have other opportunities along the way to also be able to speak for different things or do workshops or kind of get the name out there so people start recognizing us, that's going to help. So anytime our partners, that's another thing is, is being able to identify opportunities. I know you guys recently had uh, Ruth King over to your neck of the woods for International Women's Day. Um, being able to find pictures of that, promote that on the website, you know, that type of stuff, I'd love to be able to kind of give a little bit more weight to, to and, and maybe some transparency to, to, to start sharing those experiences. Um, and and then in the future, identifying more experiences where from our partners, where we can jump in if we can or support. But initially it's going to be the website, the forum and the mentorship portal that is going to be the driving factors going forward with the, with the branding and getting our social media together. Finding a, a platform that we can all communicate on has been a bear. It is a huge challenge. So WhatsApp works for the most part for most countries, but not all countries. So one of the biggest things on our board that we've used is Slack. And I'm sure Teams is one of the things that are out there too. We're trying to find something universal that allows people to, not our board specifically, or our partners specifically, to communicate instantaneously. The forum on the website is like the large one. That's like for members and for being able to plug in and network and stuff. We're talking as a board to work and even communicate where it's not just an email chain of death or you're looking at something a little bit, a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, some instant messaging capability. But we have challenges that other countries have different, different uh, restrictions that we're having to work around. So 
that's probably another one of my goals is to find something universal that works for everybody. Yeah, I'm not even sure there is. But if you find something, <laughs> we'll create that unicorn, but I would hate to leave anybody out. WhatsApp seems to be the most popular, but we still have partners that can't do it. Teams seems to have some options in that. So we'll have to figure that out too. We'll definitely get there. I mean, the, the one thing going for us is that we are all very determined women. So we will find a way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's really good. And like you say, you know, I, I do sort of know you because we have started to work together at Inwick, but actually to have some of these insights into you, like your career journey and your thoughts and like, like I say, it's, it's just been really nice actually just to have this conversation and get to know you a little bit better. So again, for me, it sort of, it does highlight the importance of that networking and, and like, I, as you say, the face-to-face and, and Karen will agree with this as well, that the opportunities that we have in our own group to get together face-to-face, whether that be an industry meal where we sort of just there with different people but we all sort of come together and we walk in together that's something that we've always done is we'll meet in the yeah, bar yeah. and go in together and having that exactly. you know that group and even like it's I've said this before but it's like finding my tribe you know just having having a bunch of women I that say that and some people I was like just, I don't know if I'll get marked down for that but it's like having your tribe and you look forward to going to industry events because you have your people and you'll always meet more people you're always doing your job but you're doing it together and you never feel quite isolated. It's the worst thing in the world to walk in a room and, and feel like you're alone. I've done that in the early days. You walk in a room and it's 90% men. There may be 10 women in the entire room. And I know two of them maybe. And it's just me. And I'm walking around just smiling. And I know like two people. And I feel like I'm only clinging to the two people I know. And I hate yeah. that. And so, you know, to change that dynamic up and just, you know, have that ability to connect to more people. And now it's like, okay, the receptions aren't so scary anymore because. I know most of the people now and I can introduce other people to those people. That's something I certainly enjoy now. Um, I've been in the industry 23 years and um, yeah, it, it used to always just be me, but it's really nice now to have, have other women with us, but also to see younger women coming through. Um, we had a, a younger member of our group last year. She took all three um, apprentice of the year prizes from the, the, national awards so it's fantastic actually having her in that environment and like you say introduce her to other people the opportunities that she now has to learn from everybody else is it's absolutely incredible and already building her confidence so early on isn't she with kind of those awards and the networking opportunities and things yeah so it's definitely really important isn't it really, it's, really important people take it for granted but it's one of those things that the recruiting women into this industry is a big deal just in general but it doesn't matter if we can't retain them and the retention aspect of that responsibility falls on the networking really. Um, Because if you don't have a tribe, like you said, you're less likely to stay in something. Or if you run into a hard time in your job, you don't have anything to fall back on or to pull on. And so that becomes a big deal that you don't have those resources. And then in addition to that, you have um, opportunities for other jobs. So that's another thing is we're in the States, at least I'm sure it's the same thing over there um, in the HVAC industry in the States and in the RACHP industry over there. I imagine once you have a job, you don't leave. It's a very incestuous industry. And so when you do have those networking opportunities or that tribe, you're always going to have a job. And so that's another part of the retention that's so critical is to build those connections to do that. And you yourself become your own entity of value because of those connections. Companies want to hire you because you already have that established network. And that becomes part of your, part of your value. 
Yeah, I'm a strong believer in brand value. It's it's not just about what you do on a technical or you know in your job role. It is about what you offer as a, a individual who has that really strong network. So that's really cool, actually. Like I say we seem to be agreeing on a lot of things as well, and we've got a lot of similarities here. But I wonder if we can maybe ask you some more sort of personal things or stories. So Karen and I, we've got a bit of a running theme in this where we have a, a WTF moment. So it's it's a moment, it could be in your career or outside of your career, but where you've literally just stood back and thought, did that actually just happen? Something that's completely, you know, sorry. So I had, um, trying to think, so I was in my second job, I was doing my apprenticeship, but I'd already reached basically the end of it. And actually, quite funnily, all the guys had gone out to one of these industry events. So back back in the early days, the women weren't allowed to go. So I didn't go probably until about 2010, maybe a little bit later. So, you know, I sort of got missed out of all of this. And I sat in the design office and someone from the factory came over and had a question about a build. He literally stood and said, where, where are all the guys? And it's like, it's OK, I, I'm here. So let, let me have a look at what, you know, what's your problem? Well, can can you actually do that? Or do you do? You, I thought you just typed emails. <laughs> and I just sat there and went, right, okay, yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. And it's just one of those. I suppose they're just not used to, or they weren't used to seeing women sitting in a design role like that. But by that point, I'd already done my time in the factory as well, so I found it really quite just thinking like, do people really actually think that? Yeah, I've been very fortunate. And I know this, my role being a little different than being actually in any of the engineering or the field and stuff like that, I didn't really run into them. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm the first one to say that I'm not going to be able to like say, oh, I had that, like, are you a woman and you don't know what you're talking about? So I know it happens. We have tons of stories that come in all the time and we have tons of things, even on our Facebook wall for the women's group of just these stories of like bosses, homeowners, coworkers that just like, I can't believe you said that out loud. But in general, my experience has been very different because I think it's the angle I'm coming at the industry from being, you know, in the marketing aspect of it, it's a little bit more acceptable. And so I've never really grown into that. Um, And so it's one of those things where I definitely can empathize, but it's, it's, uh, it's a little different. I have had several of our board members um, actually have experiences where because they're getting into like manufacturing the tools and stuff like that where there'd be at somewhere. In fact, I've actually witnessed when we had the, well, the Ashley Winter Conference or the AHR Conference, when I started going to those conferences, they used to have booth babes all the time. And they used to bring those girls in and I'm sure they still, they might still do that ish until then, I'm not sure. But I know at AHR, we don't do it anymore, which I love seeing the fact that it's come that far that it was enough of a voice of women there that were like, look, this doesn't, this, I don't want to be assumed to be that short skirt seller that has that, that you hired to come in your booth to attract more men to talk about your product that I don't know anything. And you're literally diminishing all the work I've put into this by hiring these outside companies with these pretty little girls to walk around and do that. And so that actually has disappeared right now. There are no booths at AHR that really do that anymore, which is a huge win in my, my opinion. But now that actually at least like you don't see that anymore. And now an entire generation of people don't understand, now don't expect that as a thing. So now that's not something that that's fighting against us. Where if I'm standing in a booth and talking about my compressor or whatever product I have that I have to sell, I'm the one that knows about it. Now, I'm not saying that there's not still attitudes out there. Unfortunately, there are some Neanderthals, 
But in general, though, I feel like we've made a lot of progress here in the States for sure, especially on the manufacturing end and stuff like that. But as far as the field, I hear the worst stories in the field. I think home, like we have a, such an optics problem that I feel like it's going to be a while and it, it shouldn't be, but it'd be a while before we even get Hollywood on board, movies, posters, marketing, whatever it takes to start seeing women in these roles so that people don't automatically like get jarred by the experience, that it's just a common acceptance because it needs to be, and it needs to be something where we're changing those optics, like, and being active about it. Even every, even all of us on this call, at one point, maybe you've done a job ad or uh, think about how you're wired to automatically think of what a plumber looks like or what an HVAC or RSHP person looks like. It's so inset in us that it becomes that where we have poor attitudes that come across because people don't accept it. And yet it's a part of our job to change that entire story so that there's more transparency into what these jobs are and that we're painting pictures for future generations of girls to be able to identify themselves in these roles because right now they don't assume that these roles are for them. I don't have a WTF moment. Um, not for that specific instance, personally, and I'm sorry, probably anticlimactic on that for me. <laughs> um, in general, I've actually been very blessed to have some amazing men in my life that have helped me get where I am, honestly. Um, there are obviously some cases out there, and we try to say things like, it is not a male-dominated industry, it's a predominantly male industry, because I feel like words have power. And it's important for us to even have the mental mindset as a predominantly male industry. It's not male dominated. I'm not dominated by anything. Yeah, so, I think that is that always comes across. You have to check yourself when you kind of say that. Like I hate hearing that right. when women say yeah. that. It, it's I'm yeah. like, really? <laughs> I, I find it hard. I, like Lisa Jane, been in the industry for 20, ugh, 28 years. And it was for me to go to an exhibition was to see, yeah, kind of females on, on stands that were kind of giving out the brochures and and I joke with many years back when we first, we the men had a corporate tie, the women had a neck scarf, and I used to refuse to wear the neck scarf because that's not happening. The same, <laughs> the same. Yeah, but it was it was kind of the dumb thing, and it took, I mean, a, a young age to go, I'm not wearing that, sorry. It it's, seems crazy to think back that, but you're right, people wouldn't recognise it now. But then I also catch myself talking I was talking to a friend the other week about pilot and I said or he and she kind of said she realized what and I I was glad she picked me up on that because it made me then think yeah or I'm just kind of like it's just something we're not even doing it on purpose obviously we all have attitudes but it helps paint that picture though yeah and that's what perpetuates the narrative and so that's that's so much of what where we encourage our partners even here in the states like you're doing your advertising if you're doing any of your um, stuff with schools and Hollywood. Hollywood's a big per- perpetuator of this narrative. And so when we get into kids shows and the plumber and the the technician is the butt of jokes, we're we're only we're only hurting our cause. And so if we're not able to change that, even kids automatically just are disengaged. So the BBC here, they've got a, a children's channel, CBBS, and this week they had a program where they did this thing with "See so You Have What's in My Bag," and they had a female civil engineer. Yeah, and it was just, awesome. you know, and just like, <laughs> wow. So we're actually starting to see that little change here, which is brilliant. So if you don't have a WTF moment, what about, have you ever had a really embarrassing situation where you just wish that the ground would swallow you up, whether that be a, a trip, a fall, a, something, I don't know, you've ordered a drink, and you absolutely hate it, and now you don't want to say that it's <laughs> anything like that that you want to share? 
I'll get my story on how I got started. It, it's probably more of a funny story or a crazy, embarrassing story. And it's probably a legend. So I, I mentioned that I had gone to a conference and gotten a chance to speak publicly. So in general, I didn't want anything to do with HVAC. I was like, meh, it's kind of boring. I didn't really want it. And my dad was kept encouraging me to work with him. And I was like, ah, not really interested. Like, I'm going to do my own thing. Like, I did childcare. I did kayak tours in the Everglades in Florida. I did amateur rodeo. I, I mean, I did all sorts of things. I traveled. I did crazy things. And then it just kind of was one of those things where I, I was working like four jobs at a time at one point. And I went to a conference with a friend and it was a, in the States, it's called Pure Romance. And it's a, it's, it's like um, sex education and uh, laundry and toys and stuff like that. So anyway, it was like a Mary Kay home sales thing, right? So like bachelorette parties and whatnot. So anyway, they had a big conference and I went to the conference real quick and uh, it was a girlfriend because she got points for bringing people because it was, she was the home sales, whatever. You know, when you get points for bringing people and recruiting people and all that kind of stuff. So I, I just came with her for the heck of it. It was a free lunch. It was a business, business professional event. We had to dress up and everything. Anyway, they had their whole catalog there, all sorts of different products they were launching. And they divided the catalog between like, they, they split a group of 400 up into small groups of 20. And each group had a different product that they had to just kind of uh, role play on presenting. And they were things like body lotions or bubble bath or laundry or lubricants. Okay. So our group happened to get this lubricant. Oh yeah. And I think it was a warming one or a rewetting one or something. Anyway, it was something crazy. And I just had fun with it. And I did a big story in it and I made a big story about that out of the group, I guess I was the most entertaining and they chose one person from every group to go up on stage. So I started presenting to a room of 400 people on this lubricant, which was, and told some funny stories with it. And I had everybody just dying. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I could do this. And that's when I called my dad right after that. I was like, hey, I just did this public speaking thing and I just sold lubricant. And he's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> he's like, here's your mom. There's, so, yeah. there's, there's your entry so, interview into the world of <laughs> HVACR. <laughs> yeah, so that's a huge departure and a random story. It just happened to happen that way. But yeah, that would be the reason I even joined in the first place because I was like, and they were like, you'd be really good at this. And I didn't really want to do that whole gig. I just thought it was fun. But then I, I joined the company shortly after that. So Most of us say we stumbled into the industry. So yeah, you kind of did as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Fantastic to meet you, Colleen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it interesting and inspiring and funny at times as well. Please download the rest of the series. Keep an eye out for social media posts where you can listen again, see what's next and share with your colleagues and even let us know what you want to hear more of. We'll also add some links into Inwick as well so that you can get more involved with the website that Colleen talked about and forums. You can get more involved with our LinkedIn group, IOR Women in RACHP and help to spread the network. Please get in contact if you'd like to reach out about anything where we can support. Thank you. Thank you.